There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. First of all, Happy New Year to all of you. Happy 2024. I hope that uh, this year brings you nothing but uh, health and happiness uh, throughout the entire year. Unfortunately for the Bucks, uh, they're not going to start it so well. And maybe their celebration began a little bit too early. As I said, they had the hangover before New Year's Eve, which is not exactly the order that it typically happens. This is what a young team does. First and foremost, you know, they lose to the New Orleans Saints 23-13, to and this snaps their four-game winning streak, and they fall to 8-8. Eight and eight. It's the same record as the Saints. But, and this was maybe part of the problem, right, this team has been in a desperation mode for more than a month now where they really couldn't afford to lose a game. And they managed to uh, use that urgency to their advantage. Um, you know, they didn't play particularly well, but beat Carolina. They didn't play well at all, but had a rally against Atlanta. Then they had two fantastic games, offensively especially, at Green Bay and then home, a great defensive effort with four turnovers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this team, you know, has built some momentum. It's hard to win for a solid month in the NFL, uh, especially when you have to. And there are very few teams that lose six out of seven and still make the playoffs. It just hasn't happened that much in NFL history. So the Bucs were right there, and they had a chance to wrap it up in front of their home fans. It was a nice crowd, absolutely gorgeous, sun-kissed day. Uh, Everything was set up for them to – take care of business, and then have a chance at a 10-win season next week at Carolina. Here's the thing. Nobody gave the Saints the memo. The New Orleans Saints are still playing for their playoff lives. They're where the Bucks were just a couple of weeks ago where they can't afford to lose. And in the NFL, I mean any team, including the 2-14 and 14 Carolina Panthers, if you don't show up ready to play, when I mean ready, with a good game plan, with good execution, not turning the ball over, doing all the things that winning teams do. If you're not ready for that, as my good friend John Gruden used to say, they're going to knock your block off. You know what I mean? You're going to get your block. No, I don't care who you play. And that that's what happened Sunday. But this wasn't just any team, right? Like, let's be honest. We've seen the Saints do exactly what they did on Sunday time and time again at Raymond James. You know, th- this is a team that Tom Brady lost to 9 to nothing a few years ago and they were so physical and and knocked out Leonard Fournette uh had the big hit on Chris Godwin that tore two knee ligaments. They just impose their will on defense. And look, some of these guys are up there in age, man. You know, Cam Jordan, DeMario Davis from Arkansas State, no Spring chickens, these guys are in their mid-30s, right? They brought it on Sunday. They weren't playing, okay? Like, they they were here to win a game and win it any way they could, and they played a smart game. 
Uh, they started fast as you need to do on the road. Opening drive, 14 plays. They go the length of the field, score touchdown. So right away, you're in a little bit of a hole. And that's how you build momentum on the road. You have to start fast on the road. The Bucks, notorious slow starters pretty much all year, but particularly at home. And yet, you know, you, you felt like the Bucks have turned the corner, right? Defensively or offensively, especially. The way Baker Mayfield had played during this four-game winning streak, uh, you know, what? He had nine touchdowns, one interception. You know, it's been spectacular. People talking about comeback player of the year, which maybe Joe Flacco has wrapped up right now. Um, but it's been impressive, and there's a lot of discussion about the contract extension. And, oh, by the way, what was at stake for him on Sunday? Well, if he had won the NFC South and he still got another shot, it's a million-dollar bonus. One million dollars is what's at stake for Baker Mayfield. So you talk about incentive. It's not necessarily coming from your head coach. You don't need that. But everything was there for the Bucks to finish the job. Right, and that's what football is. You know, you see it in every locker room. You see it everywhere. They talk about it. Finish. Got to finish practices. You got to finish the drill. Right. You got to finish the catch. All those things. And this team was not prepared to play. Uh, And I lay that squarely on you know the feet of the head coaching staff, the coaching staff, um, because it's their job to get them ready. Now. You know, when you say that, if you talk to players about the practice, there wasn't anything that stood out one way or the other. You know, that it it wasn't much different than what it had been, you know, the last few weeks because, quite frankly, they've been in this, you know, have-to-win mode for some time. Again, human nature, you got them at home. You got a Saints team that's not playing particularly well. Uh, They're in it, though. They have a lot to play for, and they played more desperate. You know, they they, as – one of the guys in the Bucks locker room said, um, Mike Evans, I think, that, that they probably wanted it a little bit more than the Bucks did, only because Tampa Bay knew they had another shot this week. Now, as I do this podcast, we don't know when the game's going to be. I believe it'll be Sunday at 1 o'clock. Haven't heard yet, but we should hear uh, by the time this podcast drops uh, when they're going to play. Um, and Carolina is not a good football team. I mean, they were shut out by the Jacksonville Jaguars and C.J. Beathard, who started that game, uh, 26 to nothing in Carolina. No one's going there to the games. Um, it, it is a not, a not a tough atmosphere to play in. So the Bucks have really everything still on their side, except now you've got a little bit of pressure, right? Now, now there's no margin for error because – they can't make a wild card. They are eliminated from any wild card situation. The only way they can make the playoffs is to win against Carolina when they play them next week. And so what does that mean? Well, a victory is nine wins, okay? That's one better than last year, even though they sat everybody in the in the final game against Atlanta in the regular season. And they would have the chance to host either Dallas or Philadelphia. I'm not sure, but I think maybe Philadelphia was beaten by the Arizona Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, there's that that NFC East race keeps going back and forth a little bit. And so, you know, for that reason, yeah, Arizona won 35-31. So it, it could be a very wounded Eagles team that would be coming to Tampa Bay and, and a team that they played already. And I think 
you know, is is trending the wrong direction. So you give them a puncher's chance. But let's not again. This was the Bucks' problem. They put things way ahead of of, of where they should have. Um, this game should have never gone this way. You know, uh, again, when you watch them play offense, the three and outs that just hasn't happened this year. Um, they they've started slow, but but offense has been something of late that that they've really sort of hung their hat on. And when you come out the way they did, and you know have you know three punts and a field goal, um, that's not good. And it wasn't you know like they were getting any yards on the ground initially. The thing about the Saints is that they're just more physical. And and this is a chippy game, right? It always is against New Orleans. They've got bigger bodies inside, not the fastest team in the world, and they had injuries. Marshawn Lattimore didn't play, and yet they did a nice job of doubling up Chris Godwin and Mike Evans again. And so that created some opportunities for Trey Palmer. And Trey Palmer got behind consistently got behind their defense when he had that opportunity. Baker Mayfield underthrew him one time that should have been a touchdown in the first half. And New Orleans defensive back made made a great interception on the ball that was just slightly underthrown. And then I think, you know, one play sort of epitomized what kind of day it was, okay? So they, they kind of crawl back into the game. It's getting late. It's going to take, you know, a score every time, every possession. We're inside four minutes or so. And Mayfield sees Palmer – behind the defense and he throws him a pass and it's it's a bomb and it's about over 50 yards right to uh to Trey Palmer who wound up his 54 yard pass and wound up leading the Bucks with 84 yards receiving and so he catches a 54 yard pass and he'd already had a touchdown in this game so he catches a 54 yard pass and he can't maintain his balance cuz he's extended so much for it and he loses his balance, and he hits the ground. And when he hits the ground, because he was untouched, he fumbles the ball, and ground can't, can't cause a fumble, right? Well, it can if no one touches you. Uh, and so because he wasn't touched down, that was a fumble. The Saints recover, and the Bucks lose an opportunity to get back in the game. And that's kind of like one of those weird things. Another turnover, Rashad White has his longest run of the day. And he was going nowhere early on. But he has his longest run of the day, 16-yarder. He's on the sideline. Uh, the ball's in the correct hand. The defender gets behind him. He's kind of on his way out of bounds. And the defender knocks the ball free. And instead of the ball going out of bounds, it kind of hugs the sideline. And the Saints are able to recover. So four turnovers, as the Bucks had on Sunday, are going to get you beat every single time. And they were unable to get any turnovers themselves on defense, unlike what they did, you know, last week against Jacksonville. So, you know, this is the result you end up with. Now, you know, you look at Baker's numbers and you go, well, 22 with 33, 309 yards, not bad. But it was bad until the fourth quarter. You know, he got chunk plays in the fourth quarter. They're playing off in a zone. They're making them, you know, use up clock and that sort of thing. Um, And of those you know, those big chunk plays. Mike Evans had a couple passes that he caught, you know, that were 23 and I think 33 yards or so. Um, 
or 30, 35 yards. So, I mean, look, he, he had a big day on just a couple of catches. He only had, he only had three catches and, and four targets. They did a nice job of shutting down really both the outside receivers. You know, Chris Godwin didn't have many targets until the second half. He ended up with just three catches for 81 yards, including another uh, 47-yarder, which was a touchdown. So what do you do? Where Where is this team? And, and I know there's going to be – look, it's a week-to-week league, and we've talked about this, right? And we have talked about how the Bucks have big decisions to make as they do every offseason, not just with Baker Mayfield, who certainly I think is you know trending as a guy that they're going to want to keep around. Um, but results matter. How you finish the season matters, right? Just like the four-game win streak, if you could win six in a row and a division title, well, undoubtedly you, you want to retain the coach, the staff, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback if you can, just for starters. Well, now you've lost – Okay, and you lost in an embarrassing fashion at home. Uh, your final chance in the regular season at home, and now it's you know do or die. I mean, and and that's sometimes what seasons come down to, and that's what the NFL wants in in a seventeen game season. That's why they have division games. But you're playing a two and twelve Carolina team, or I'm sorry, two and fourteen Carolina team that just got shut out uh, against Jacksonville and a backup quarterback. Okay. Their golf clubs are packed. The fans aren't coming. So once again, you have a great opportunity. But if you just if you look at kind of the macro of where this team has been, right, the Saints are 8-8 eight and eight now, okay? They had a losing record when they came into the game. Uh, but if you look at who the Bucs have beaten this season, they've only beaten one team with a winning record, and that's Jacksonville, right? So the Bucs were picked – anywhere from, you know, four to five wins. And some people, including Sports Illustrated, had them in the power rankings rankings at 31st. And there's only 32 teams. Um, they've well exceeded those expectations. And I think Baker Mayfield has sort of resurrected his career this year um, the way he has led this team and and the production he has had as well. But – how quickly does the perception change if somehow the Bucks, not only having lost this game in, in uh, poor fashion, but if they were going to go into Carolina needing just a win to win the division and make the playoffs and have a home playoff game, and they lost to a 2-14 and 14 Panthers team with nothing on, on the line and no fans really to speak of in the stadium, not a hostile environment to say the least, yeah, that's that meaning is different with the Glazers, okay? And and all I can tell you is um everything was trending pretty well <laughs> uh until now. And it, it still might be fine, but they gotta finish the deal. You know, you, you have to wrap up this division, you have to win the NFC South. Um, and even if you don't win ten games, nine games is an improvement. And then you you take your chances. You take your chances in the postseason. You take your chances at home, maybe against a, a pretty wounded Philadelphia team um, as a wild card that, that didn't see themselves that way this year. Uh, having, you know, they would have lost the NFC East to Dallas. And we all saw that game, you know, Saturday night with Dallas and Detroit and how officiating has 
completely changed, you know, uh, sort of the landscape of the NFC in the playoffs. But this is so important uh, for a young team to realize that, and I was talking to Labonte David, you know, sort of after the game, um, and there's no one more disappointed than Levante. I mean, if you think about, here's a guy that's, you know, 34 years old and has been through a lot, right, with this organization, came back, uh, you know, on, on a four, four million, four and a half million dollar contract after making 12 and a half million in the last two years. And, you know, his first eight seasons in the NFL, he didn't sniff the playoffs. He didn't have a postseason, right? It wasn't until Tom Brady got here that he even knew what a playoff game really looked like. He had only had two winning seasons, two winning records, nine and seven uh, under Dirk Cutter and ten and six in the second year under Raheem Morris. So forget about postseason. He didn't know winning seasons. And so he comes back on a one-year deal for no money relative to what he had been making. Uh, and he's been laying it all on the line. He let him in tackles again on Sunday. Uh, and this this guy was just, you know, you could see how, how disappointed he was. And he said, listen, he goes, you only get these opportunities once in a lifetime. I mean, he's had three in his life, right? And, and he's this could be his final season. He's a free agent again after this year. He's kind of in a year-to-year mode. But he said, these opportunities don't come around often. And you got to know what's at stake. And you just got to be better. You know, you can't take this stuff for granted. You just work so hard to get here just to let it go like that. Um, and I think when you have a young football team, okay, that doesn't have the perspective of how short the NFL career really is, I think that's when you're susceptible uh, to these kinds of performances, right? That That opportunity was there for them. And they didn't take advantage of it. And the Saints did. And the Saints were prepared. The Saints were the hungrier football team. They were they were the more physical football team. And they took it to them. And and that's probably the worst feeling is that you know, giving it away or, you know, having a bad call or something like that that's devastating enough. I'm sure the way Detroit feels after Saturday's game is not good at all. But when you just don't show up, right, when you are manhandled physically, you're not up to the battle, the hand-to-hand combat that uh, that the Saints brought you. And you knew they would, right? This isn't some team they're not familiar with. This is their division rivals. And the Saints won this division four straight years for a reason. Even the year the Bucks went and won the Super Bowl, um, they owned the Bucks. Tom Brady hadn't beat him, and it was only in the postseason game that you know they're they're about to go down fourteen. The Bucks are when Jared Cook has the fumble and Mayfield strips it and Devin White picks it up and they score seventeen straight and they go on and win the Super Bowl. But before that, the Saints owned this team. The top Bulls has had success, uh, but like I said, not not all success at, at home has occurred against the Saints, so they're not afraid of of coming in here and lighten up Raymond James as they did on Sunday. Um, so that was tough. You know, it was, it was tough to watch. Um, 
you know, you you look at the numbers and you'll see where, you know, the Bucks had more total yards, three forty nine to three ten. Um, but here's the thing: they were only two of eight on third down. And like I said, when you start a game by going punt, field goal, punt, punt, you're done. You know, you, you just that's not the way you can play an important football game like that. And and that's that's how you dig yourself a hole. And and these fans never had a chance to get into the game. If you went to the game, you know, it, it was a it was a bad day. Um beautiful day outside, great atmosphere. You're expecting hats and t shirts, you know, to be brought out of the boxes at the end of the day, and it doesn't happen. And that's that's disappointing. It was disappointing for the owners, right? Who wanna be on that field and wanna be wearing those hats and wanna be in the in the uh you know the winning locker room when they're uh celebrating with their own champagne. Um but <laughs> you're supposed to have the hangover after New Year's Eve, not before. <laughs> that's what that's just what this team did. Uh we'll talk more about the Bucks, of course, and what's ahead for them uh, coming up here in just a minute. Again, I hope you're having a great New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. By the time you listen to this, we've got great college football getting ready to be played in the college football uh, playoffs, and that will be uh, later on uh, on Monday. But uh, first, I want to remind you guys that you know this for the past 14 years. The skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida. Uh, they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and also, uh, they help homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. Well, now May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees. They never use subcontractors, right? And they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. May Electric Solar is offering this, a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. Listen to this now. That means for 30 years. May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, your electrical, and equipment replacement is Fully covered. Now, Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. The policy will transfer to new homeowners also with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's ahead? Um, well, first, the health of the team. I, I think that they were fortunate to get out of this game without any significant injuries. By the way, New Orleans not only entered the game with injuries, but they got them during the game. Um, I think they were down to their third tackle on the offensive line at one point. So they're a beat-up football team. This team, relatively healthy. They could have used Shaq Barrett. Um, and, you know, for as much as Shaq hasn't been that elite pass rusher that we know him has, he only has four and a half sacks on the season. 
games like this one, I think, is when you need experience, right? When you can calm guys down, uh, get them to focus, and execute on defense, they weren't able to do that. Um, and even though Yaya Diaby had some splash plays and Joe Tronchwinka, um, you know, and again, it wasn't like the Saints were up and down the field, but they played the big downs well, right? They played third down really well. Um, Derek Carr, I don't think, was sacked in the game that I can recall, or maybe one sack where he ran out of bounds, but Marquise Wasp might have done that. But uh, for the most part, he was clean. And he was throwing the ball as we talked to Todd Bowles. It's like, look, you didn't get any pressure on this guy. And he was like, well, you know, he was getting the ball out so quickly that we decided to play coverage because we weren't going to get there. The only problem was they didn't play good coverage either. Right? Like, that's just not what they did. Um, and, you know, defensively, this Jonathan Abram, I mentioned him with the interception, also had the fumble recovery um, or strip, strip uh, fumble that DeMario Davis recovered. And so, you know, you, you look at the numbers and the time of possession, you know, the Saints able to control the ball for 36-plus minutes. That's huge, Right. That's huge when they're on the road and you can keep the offense off the field. Now, the Bucks' offense had a lot to do with that. They had too many three and outs. And that, that's, not gonna, that's not playoff football. It's not winning football. So you have to be able to control the ball uh, on the ground. What was curious to me, uh, and I never really – maybe this is something we can ask Dave Canales later this week. You know, I thought for all the world that they had kind of stumbled on the right formula, right, offensively. Um, yeah, he was stubborn and he stuck with the run, and, and but they kind of found the sort of runs that work for Rashad White and Chase Edmonds in that. And Chase Edmonds carried it three times for 16 yards. That's a good average, three, 5.3. Um, and, you know, but for whatever reason, uh, it wasn't until really the second half that the Bucks started checking the ball down in the passing game to Rashad. He ended up with four catches for just 24 yards. And the longest one was seven. But that's really been sort of the formula, right? Um, for whatever reason, and it was I assume it was just coverage, but you know, Kate Otten had six targets. That's that's the most of any receiver. Him and Chase Evans led led the team with six each. And I like Kate Otten, and he shows up in huge moments, especially late in games inside of a minute. He's had a couple of touchdowns, one in Houston they couldn't close out, and the one in Atlanta that they did. But if Kate Otten's going to lead you with six targets, you got to have more than two catches for 10 yards, right? Like you've got to get more out of that. Uh, No wonder you're getting man coverage because that's not a productive play, right? So this is what they were. They were just sort of, you know, they were behind the sticks all day, um, you know, third and long. Penalties is something that they really haven't had to deal with much. Um, particularly, you know, a lot of pre-snap stuff. And they weren't sharp there. You know, they had, they had five penalties for 38 yards. Now, a couple times they got bailed out, you know, on a on a holding call on defense and, um, you know, that sort of thing. And so they, they were fortunate that way. I mean, at one point in the first half, they have three first downs. Like I'm talking almost the first half is over. Two of them are by penalty. I mean, that's how inept – this offense really was. Um, you know, so when you look at that, 
And you just remember that, mm, okay, so you thought Dave Canales had it figured out. And maybe maybe he does from an X's and O's standpoint. Problem is the game is played with the Jack, you know, the Jacks and the Joes. And you can't block for them. You can't catch the ball for them. And you can't throw. And they didn't throw blocker cats very well. And they didn't tackle. That was the other thing. Um, there was a lot of yards after contact, especially with the tight ends of the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, uh, until the very end, until the fourth quarter, they were pretty good on third down. They wound up 8 of 18, but trust me, um, it wasn't until the end that that the Bucks started getting the ball back on some of those situations. So it wasn't good ball. It was bad ball. And, and you know, we've talked about how sort of games have momentum and seasons have momentum. Okay, so they won four in a row. They won for a month solid, hard to do, and they had momentum. Well, it goes away that quickly, right? You're in a, you got a one-game season now. Fortunately, and I say this knowing what's probably going to come next, but fortunately, they're playing the worst team in the National Football League next week. Um, and... Whether it's on the road or not is irrelevant. They're they're playing for a championship, the third one in in three years. There is no excuse for this football team, even after suffering the loss they did against the Saints, um, to go into Carolina and not win that game and have a home playoff game. And And if you said to me at the beginning of the year, if you said to anyone who really follows this football team, and I like the way... Uh, you know, on Twitter, all the fire Todd Bowles people came back out in mass. Where you guys been for the last month, right? And a few Baker Mayfield anti Baker Mayfield people also quiet for the last month. Um, but you know, if if Todd Bowles and I differ with some some colleagues of mine on this, but if Todd Bowles wins the division, okay, crappy as it may have been. But you get one more win than you did last year. That's improvement, right? Nine wins, home playoff game. That's money in the owner's pocket, folks. That's what it is, you know? Uh, And for that day, you're one of the few games being played, and so there's an awful lot of attention. A year ago, they played this Dallas versus Tampa game on Monday Night Football, and so they had 24 hours of buildup of coverage. You know, Stephen A. was, but I digress down here in, in uh, you know, Harborside and all that stuff, uh, Channel Side or whatever. So, you know, I, that could be the case again, depending on who's coming. You, you may have a Monday night game or a Sunday. But the point is, you're the game on that day at that time slot. And so the nation is watching. That's called relevancy, right? You These owners, they want to be relevant. They want to make the postseason. They want to win championships, Okay. You can't do it if you don't get there. So if Todd Bowles gets there for the second straight year and and for the team the third straight year, which, by the way, has never happened before, um, I think it matters how they play in the postseason. I do. You know, if you just, you know, don't show up and, and get destroyed, that that would be a tough meeting the next day or the day after. Um, but I think realistically, if the Glazers, and they usually take their time with this, a couple of days anyway, take a step back, let it breathe a little bit, and then really look at, okay, where are we at as an organization, right? What 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 did we task our coaching staff with? 
How many free agents were we able to get? None. Uh, Resigned Jamel Dean, whatever. Um, how much salary cap money do we have now, right? What was our goal here? Uh, do we have it? Did we have a coordinator? No, we hired a bunch of new coaches. Okay. Guy never called plays before. Okay. Uh, didn't have a quarterback, got Baker Mayfield. How'd that work out? Pretty good. Okay. $4 million. Yeah. Great bargain. All right. So, you know, do you have any good young players? Did you have a good draft? Oh yeah. We got really good young players and they're going to be better next year, et cetera, et cetera. Now we have some salary cap room. In other words, I think it would be difficult Unless you have somebody in mind and you think you're pretty damn close to knowing you can get them that you know is better. Um, I don't I don't see how if Todd Bowles win the, wins the division, and again, regardless of how they play, if they lose the playoff game, not good, but so be it. Um, I still think that he's back. And I think they try to re-sign Mayfield and they, and they reload this thing again, hoping that your younger players are a year better um, and that you have another draft and free agency, you can actually go out and and add to your team as opposed to, you know, uh, not having anyone but rookies behind your starters. So I think all of that bodes well for the future. But uh, they've got to get there. You know, they've got to find a way to regroup and, you know, go to Carolina and get a win. I mean, that's that's what it's down to. And I think in a weird way, you know, you – if you as a football team, you'd like to have a head of steam and win six in a row, you know, going into the postseason. Well, now they may have to win five of six. Um, that's still pretty good. And to have a home playoff game is pretty good. So all is not lost. That was the message, but it was a bad day, uh, a bad New Year's Eve, bad way to start it. So hopefully 2024 will start better for the Bucks and for their fans. But uh, we, we again want to say Happy New Year. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, through the years, and especially in 2023. We, we love doing this. It's an awful lot of work. Um, but uh, Steve and I, um, you know, spend a lot of hours and late hours uh, trying to bring you the, the best podcast we can about all the sports, um, you know, in Tampa Bay, including the Lightning, the Rays, all of that, um, college sports as well. We'll get into, I'm sure, the debacle uh, that was the Orange Bowl in Florida State getting trounced by Georgia in a 60-point loss. I'm having fun with you guys. You know, I told you so's uh, on Twitter. Uh, the uh, Gator fans and anti-Florida State people are like, well, this is what you would have gotten. No, it's not. That's that's not the team they would have put out there. But that aside, we'll get into all of that uh, coming up uh, in the new year. In the meantime, have a happy and safe new year. We will talk to you again in 2024. From uh, Raymond James Stadiums, where the Bucks have lost, they fall to eight and eight. Have a chance to win the NFC South with a win at Carolina. We'll talk about all of that this week as well. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Times. Have a great night, everybody. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.